reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord God of hosts, go to the steward, to Shebna, who is master of the household, and say to him, I will thrust you from your office, and you will be pulled down from your post. On that day, I will call my servant Eliakim, son of Hilkiah, and will clothe him with your robe and bind your sash on him. I will commit your authority to his hand, and he shall be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. I will place on his shoulder the key of the house of David. He shall open, and no one shall shut. He shall shut, and no one shall open. I will fasten him like a peg in a secure place, and he will become a throne of honor to the house of his ancestors. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him to receive a gift in return? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then Jesus sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends, I just want to give you at this time a couple of updates of things that are happening now in virtue of your tremendous generosity 
in the diocesan capital campaign, which we participated in, goodness, that's getting to be almost a year ago now, and we are in the act of doing some of the projects that were being planned for that time. If you have driven past the church right out here on Plains Road, you will have noticed our brand new digital sign that was only installed this week. There's an awful lot that still has to be learned about how that works, but so far, so good. And we are at least able to have our very, very colorful uh, indications of welcome and also of our mass times up on the sign so far. So that is one of the great contributions from your generosity, and it replaces that tired old sign that had been there for so many, many decades and was beginning now to really fall apart completely. The other thing which I want to alert you to, those who go to daily mass were made aware of this, is that we are going to be doing some sanctuary work right up here, and um, this will be taking place during this week. If you got a chance to take a close look at this sanctuary floor, you would see that there are some parts of it that are really very, very badly in need of refinishing. So we're going to be having the entire sanctuary floor, including the steps leading up to it, completely refinished, and that will be done on Tuesday and Wednesday. And in addition to that, long, longed for, there are going to be railings that will be installed, one on either side that will make it easier for persons who are ministering in the sanctuary to come up and down. That's all going to be done as part of the same project. So for those who are in the habit of attending daily mass, I have already alerted them to the fact that on Tuesday morning, we will celebrate mass here in the usual way, but right after that mass is over, they will come in and start on their work and on Wednesday morning and probably Thursday morning as well, realistically, uh, we will be having Mass at 8 o'clock in the morning by setting up a temporary table right at the bottom of the steps on the floor and attend to everything down there. But certainly by the time anyone comes back here next weekend, you will see all of that freshly done and in place. And again, your gracious generosity for this and other future projects that are unfolding left and right is deeply appreciated as we move forward into the future. I suspect that probably most of us, one way or the other, have had the experience of encountering in person somebody whom we only knew, perhaps by seeing pictures of them or on television, maybe some celebrity of some kind in the sports or entertainment world, and you meet them and talk to them, and then you come away saying, boy, that person wasn't anything like what I thought they were based on what I saw in the pictures or the images. Or even perhaps closer to home, how about the situation of where we have come to meet or experience somebody but only on a relatively superficial level. And then we have the experience of being able to have more encounters with them, more experiences of conversation with them, and perhaps a social occasion or 
some other kind of thing that brings us more together. And how many times have we ended up telling others, you know, I know that they come across as this and this when you don't know them very well, but when you get to know them, you really discover that they're just so much more, you know, and we discover the things that we hadn't been able to see at first on the more superficial level. It's a very, very common human experience and one that we can all identify with. Well, why should it be surprising that the mystery of Jesus himself unfolds in something of the same way? It's important to get to know him rather better. And that is what appears to be happening now. In this utterly pivotal passage of Matthew's Gospel, very, very important. Jesus is taking his disciples aside. They've been together for some time now, but look at the things that have been experienced by the disciples relatively recently. They have heard those kingdom parables. They watched and had to participate in the multiplication of loaves and fishes and the distribution of that great miracle to the thousands of people. And then, of course, there was that incredible night when they were on the boat, tossed in the waves, and Jesus came walking to them on the water. They've seen lots of stuff now with Jesus. They've experienced all kinds of things in his teachings, in his miracles, in his encounters with various people. Now it's time for a kind of a check-in. Just exactly who do you say that I am? And it starts, interestingly enough, with that kind of what's the buzz sort of thing. When they talk about celebrities, when they talk about people they know only superficially or through media, well, what, what does everybody say that they are? What does everybody think this is? And then, now you who have experienced me more directly, who do you say that I am? We have seen a lot of questions being asked lately. Sunday Mass attenders have heard some of those questions. Daily Mass attenders, where we're also going through Matthew's Gospel, have heard even more questions. Things like, what shall we compare the kingdom of heaven with? What is the great treasure that is worth giving everything else up for? Um, or how about the rich young man who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to enter the kingdom of heaven? All kinds of things of that sort have been happening. What's the greatest commandment of the law? Lots of questions get asked by Jesus, to him, about him. But there is no more supreme or piercing question that could ever be asked of anyone who would want to claim to belong to Christ than the question, who do you say that I am? And this is critical for every single one of us. Just picture yourself being among the disciples when Jesus asked that question and he's looking directly at you. Who do you say that I am? 
Now, on this particular occasion, the only one who dares to answer is, in fact, Peter himself. And he proclaims the central truth about this Jesus. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. He declares the essence of what Jesus is all about. But every one of us has to address ourselves to that question. In the depth of your own heart, who do you say that he is? You have belonged to him one way or the other for most or maybe even your entire life. You have belonged to the church. You have participated in the life of the church, in the sacraments, in living a Christian witness. You pray. You do all kinds of things that require you to recognize that you are Christ's. But who is he? Who do you say that he is? And I think every single one of us has to not only address that question, but address our history of it, our recognition that it's probably evolved. We don't feel or identify Jesus Christ the very same way now that we did maybe many, many years ago. He has changed for us, or rather, he hasn't changed, but we have. There is no more central question than this. And it's always an invitation to go deeper, to not stop at the superficial, to not stop at the things that, well, everybody knows, supposedly. To not even just kind of stop at the knowing about Jesus or a few things about him. It's always an invitation to a much more profound personal knowledge. Like I was reporting on your behalf earlier, once you get to know him, once you get to really find out something about his inner life as he shares it with you and invites it into your own and invites you into his. Well, then it's much more than just knowing a few things about him. Now, look what happens to Peter. And this is very, very critical to observe because when we come to know Jesus, when we are addressing ourselves in some right way to his question, who do you say that I am? Two things immediately happen. First of all, we have to be able to recognize that coming to really know who Jesus is, is a grace. In other words, it's a gift. It's not something we figure out. It's not like trying to wrestle the identity of somebody to the ground and say, oh, I've figured them out now. This is grace. This is gift. As Jesus says to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. In other words, you didn't come up with this in your own head. This has been gift. The Heavenly Father is speaking in you and through you. When we come to know Jesus more and better and more profoundly, and he becomes real for us, this is gift, and it must be recognized as such and celebrated as such. 
It's exactly God revealing himself to us because he wants to, because that's the profoundest depth of his love. So that's the first thing to bear in mind, and Peter's experience establishes that for us. Coming to know Jesus is his work. It's his gift, much more than it is any action on our part. The second thing is, you observe what happens to Peter next. Jesus proclaims, in light of the revelation that has been given, that he, Peter, is to be the one on whom the church is going to be established, the one who will hold the keys of the kingdom of heaven. This is the foundational scripture passage for our Catholic belief in the importance of the role and identity of the successor of Peter, the Pope, right down to the present day, and the very extraordinarily important role that the Holy Father plays as the center of unity within Christ's church and the one who speaks on behalf of the Lord, as we have traditionally called him, the vicar of Christ on earth. Much, much more could be said about the Pope and speaking about the role of the Pope in the church. What I want to focus on right now is that what happened by Peter's declaration about Jesus is that his own identity became established. And that happens to you and me too. When we come to know Jesus, the next thing we know, we're coming to discover something about ourselves. It isn't just about knowing Jesus. It's about what he reveals to us about ourselves. We have changed because we have come to know him. We have changed because our life has been exposed to his. And that begins to occur to us. Not only do we say, hey, this Jesus isn't the same as I thought he was, but we begin to say, I'm not the same as I thought I was. I have been changed by him. I have been given a new identity. I've been given a whole new way of life to be his friend. And as we come to know ourselves better, the relationship is deepened more and more profoundly. Many might be afraid of this. I don't really think I want to know Jesus any better. And that could be because instinctively we recognize the underside of that. If I come to know Jesus better, I'm going to come to know myself better, and I'm not sure I want that either. But why would we hide from it? It is the doorway that opens to a beautiful, new, glorious life. God's love for us is exposing us to who Jesus is and to who we are. And when we come to really realize that and to own it and to live with it, Everything has changed. Nothing is ever the same again. None of this meant, of course, that Peter was not going to make any further mistakes. Just wait till next week, and we will see what happened immediately after this very moment and how Peter failed right away to really own the grace that he'd been given. We all fail in that way, but we mustn't give up. Nothing in our lives need ever separate us, as St. Paul was to say, 
from the love that has been made visible in Christ, where we have come to know him and ourselves. But this week, really ask yourself quite seriously that question. Who do I say that this Jesus is? Who is he for me? What is he doing for me? What difference does he make? What difference then do I make? I think that would be a worthwhile meditation for every one of us and be open to the beautiful surprises he might show you as he brings you closer, closer to his own heart. We hope that our podcasts have been inspiring. And now, our pastor, Father Martin, offers a few closing words. Thank you for joining us. I offer a special greeting to members of our parish family unable, by sickness or other reason, to worship with us in person, and to anyone visiting our parish via these podcasts. Please share the readings and homilies with others by inviting them to our website, where they can find them all, day by day. To learn more about our parish community, please visit our website at holyrosaryburlington.com and be sure to share our site with family and friends. We do look forward to hearing from you, so please email us with your comments. And thank you for your prayers and support.